0: I'm licensed psychotherapist, Greg Woodhill. Welcome to A Brave New Man Podcast. On this show, we speak with both experts and non-experts in our goal of exploring all the ways that men are already getting it right, acknowledging all the ways that we're getting it wrong, and most importantly, learning how we can fix what needs to be fixed in order to have healthier, happier relationships and lives. Let's get started. hello everybody welcome to today's show today we're going to be talking about a few different aspects of working in the corporate business world now throughout my adult life I have not had a lot of experience working in the corporate world so I brought in someone who has I originally invited this speaker to come on to potentially just dish about how awful it was to work as a woman in a male-dominated corporate culture. And trust me, we get to a little bit of that. What I didn't expect in this interview was how much empowerment she brings to this topic so that everyone in the business world can ask themselves, am I making this world better for everybody or am I only making it better for myself? I challenge everybody to listen to this interview and to ask yourself, how would I have reacted if I were in her shoes back then in that corporate world? And if I'm a man, how can I better support women in the corporate world in those types of situations? I want to introduce you to Heather Evans, who I will be interviewing on today's podcast. I asked Heather to come on the show and talk to us about the corporate world today for a few reasons. One of them is that she has spent decades working inside the corporate world as well as working as a coach with the corporate world. So she has seen it from the inside and currently she gets to see it from the outside. So when you ask Heather how she coaches people to get ahead in today's corporate world, you probably expect to hear some sermon about how to kick some ass and barrel through the competition and make sure you're always giving 150% so that everybody sees how great you are. Well, that might be a little bit of what you might hear from Heather, but in this interview and what she really preaches is much more about how do we improve as human beings that helps us then improve and move forward as business people. I asked Heather in this interview about her experiences in the corporate world 20 to 25 years ago when she found herself at times the only female in the room in a male-dominated business culture. She talks about how it feels. She talks about how she has seen the world change in business from the way it used to be, but she also talks about the ways that right now, instead of armoring up and not allowing our emotions to inform us in our work decisions... To instead move into an emotional intelligence, which we all have, so that we can use all of who we are, our heart, our brain, our body, hell, our spirit, in order to move us forward as people, as groups, as companies, and then as humanity as well. So she really shifts the conversation from complaining about all the ways that it has been unfair over the years for women in the workplace, which it has, to all of the ways that she used those experiences to become empowered and to teach that empowerment to everyone that she works with today in the business world, regardless of gender. Let me tell you a little bit more about Heather. She is a speaker, a mentor to young professionals, and an author on success leadership, workplace well-being, and personal growth topics. She is also an accredited public relations professional, an ICF-certified executive coach, and an award-winning communications consultant. She brings a hell of a lot of business experience into the room, she brings a lot of wisdom into the room, and I think you're gonna like what she has to say. Here's Heather. Hi, Heather Evans.
1: Hello, Greg Woodhill.
0: I wanna talk about the reason I'm so excited about having this conversation with you. One of the main goals of my show is to get men to hear, absorb, and understand how other people have it. And one of the ways that I think it's so important for men to understand and for women to have a voice is in the corporate world, which you have a lot of experience in. So as you know, in my show, we talk about the way things have gone wrong, I also think there's a lot of things going right, and more, most importantly, What do we do about it? How can we change the things that need to change? So I figured you were the perfect person to come have this conversation about this. So thank you for being here.
1: It is such an honor for me, literally a deep honor. Not just because I love you as a person and friend, but also selfishly. There is no man that I want to date who hasn't really aligned themselves with what you're covering here. These mm. kinds of conversations. Yeah. I am a mother. I have two daughters, 18 and 13. Anyone they bring into their lives, I want them to really understand what it is to be a brave new man. So wow. I this is a real thrill for me.
0: What a nice thing to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about where you came from in the corporate world and how you evolved to what you do now business wise?
1: Well, um, I spent many years actually in um, corporations working with government agencies, working in public relations and marketing and communications. Okay. So I worked for large publicly traded companies, small private companies, and um, marketing and public relations firms for many years. So I served all kinds of clients, healthcare companies, tech companies. Um, and associations, just a a wide swath there uh, until I started my own consultancy. Mm. So I ran a PR and marketing firm of my own consulting into some of the largest companies in the world, Hewlett Packard, um, big government agencies, U.S. Department of Energy, those kinds of organizations. And then, um, now i created a little bit different kind of a take on that. Mm. And it's um, professional development, leadership training and coaching
0: brilliant so you get to now come in and work with companies you come in from the outside into the inside where you used to be a day-to-day yes you used to be an integral part eight to five nine to five feeling the culture living the culture to now being able to go inside and coach them for what you're seeing needs to be done there. Yes, and also individuals as well. You coach.
1: I do, yeah. So, um, just a natural progression of what I'm doing um, is, you know, to work inside organizations and with teams. But also, you know, y- y- you can't lead and grow in your career if you're not growing as a person. So, a lot of what I also do is is around personal growth coaching.
0: So, is it fair to say? that when you worked in the corporate world, that you were a woman who got a great sense of what it's like to work in a male-dominated culture of business?
1: Absolutely. Um, I spent most of my 20s and 30s um, as the only woman in the room. The only woman. And uh, yeah, I mean, occasionally there was one other woman, but for the large part, my career moved very quickly. Uh, by 28, I was a vice president mm. in a publicly traded firm. Mm. There aren't a lot of women, um, or there weren't, I should say, you know, a lot of women in in, in those kinds of roles. Yeah. So it was just natural for me to, to learn how to figure it out what, you know, and, and to navigate through that.
0: Well, I'm so interested in how you navigated through it, and I'm also interested, if it's okay, to ask, what did it feel like and what was it like to be a woman working in such a male-dominated world?
1: You know, I got that question so many times, oh. just over time, right? And especially uh, in the beginning, the early stages of my career as a young executive. And the truth is, it was really challenging sometimes. It required a certain amount of armoring up, if okay. you will. What does that mean? So. In those situations, you know, what I'm recalling as we talk about it is just, you know, the times when um, I was left out of conversation or the times when I had to be more aggressive to be heard, let's say, and um, times when being that it was male-dominated, I needed to make sure that I was willing to be very vocal so that I could be heard. Okay. um, And to... Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess that's probably sufficient.
0: This may seem like a really dumb question, I think, because of how obvious it is, but was that hard?
1: It was really challenging. There was something that was exciting about being the only woman in a room, right, okay. or, you know, the 2% of, of women in the room, because it felt like a badge of honor. Okay, Like, I'd broken some rule somehow, and here I was, a young woman, too right, at 28, a vice president. At the same time, it was also extremely challenging because I was aware that if I didn't armor up, if I didn't come across as extremely strong, extremely confident, Mm -hmm. extremely capable, that they may be wondering, why am I in the room? So there was a certain level of, I really need to prove, boy, if I've made it to this table, this boardroom, um, I better really show them why.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it it sounds when you talk about that, that there was a feeling of being under a microscope. Here I am the lone woman in the room at times, and I need to prove myself because someone might be asking, why is she here?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think that was very clear. It's a message I received, that was more in body language Mm. and looks down the table toward me Mm. like, you know, kind of a a curiosity is how I felt, you know, I mean, there's just, it's probably best with an example. Okay. So I was working with a CEO of a publicly traded company, Mm. uh, young in my career. And he had a meeting in his office. There were, there was me and say three other gentlemen in the room and, The CEO and I had a conversation, he was extremely direct with people. It was very clear that if I was going to be one of his vice presidents, that I not have an emotional response, let's say. In fact, to me, through my lens of, I wanna make sure that I remain in this club, I needed to be really clear that I could take anything. Okay. And so one of the things that I, I suppose I took as almost a test was this particular day, he spoke to me, we had an exchange, and then he turned his entire body toward the other three gentlemen in the room and started a conversation. And a few minutes went by, it felt like an eternity because it was so awkward I'm that sure. you know, here are four people having this conversation. I'm in this room, but no one's including me in it. And suddenly he turned around just with his head and said, What are you still doing here? Wow. So I gathered my things and I left the room. But even the look on the face of the other men, it was this combination of a little chuckling, I believe now mm. because they felt like we better think this is a little funny too because we want to be in the club. yeah, right. I mean it was a classic here's a bully in a room yeah with some power here. but but when it comes to how I was at that time, As the only woman, it was just very clear to me I needed to gather my things with complete confidence and calmness and leave the room and go back to my office and soldier on.
0: And confidence and calmness that I'm guessing were not on the inside, but that's how you had to show on the outside. Is that right?
1: I mean, inside, I was totally, it it was like a shaming. Mm. And even again, the look on the, the faces of the other men in the room was like a little chuckling and then, oh, wow. Yeah. Th- that that It's almost like they were embarrassed sure. and just so grateful it hadn't happened to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. So the instinct to go to your office and cry or scream or pound the desk, you didn't have that option. It was really about, from what I'm hearing, you said armoring up, soldiering on, and acting as if you were fine with that because that was the only... That was the expectation on you.
1: Yeah, there just wasn't room for that. It's like it was very unspoken, but super clear. Okay. If you're going to play with the big boys, let's say, then you need to behave like one.
0: How did that feel to you, Heather?
1: Well, what's interesting about it is, like I said, there was an element of, of challenge. I can do this. There was an element of, of deep fear.
0: Was there hurt?
1: Oh, and there was absolutely hurt. I would imagine. What How I responded to it, though, was emotional armoring, period. Mm. I just, I became very tough. I told myself I wasn't upset. I told myself that was awkward, but okay with me. I told myself this is what I had to tolerate if I was going to be paid what I was being paid and, you know, hold the title I was going to hold. And... If I wanted to have the career I wanted, this is what was going to be required. Yes. There were going to be comments, maybe not quite as extreme as that, but there were going to be jokes and you know, things that I needed to laugh along with, in a sense, to be a part of the group. Yes. Even things that maybe I didn't find were very funny.
0: I understand. And, and you were put in situations, it sounds like that your male counterparts were not being put in. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes, you know, a bully's a bully. So yes. there were certainly times <laughs> when whoever it was who was being the bully in the room, whether it was that CEO or someone else, yeah. was, was going to dish it out eventually to anyone. So I didn't feel excluded. What I did feel is if they can take it, so can I. If they can take it, boy, I better be
0: able to. I have to.
1: So you know, mm. and the, the downside of that kind of armoring is that it's like I kind of, well, I shut myself off of all the other parts that were gifts mm. that I had. Yes, Around compassionate leadership, around connection. You know, my profession as a communicator really requires, if I'm the best at what I do, a level of perception with other people. Okay. That, if I'm closed off, armored up, would be a way to close off. I just don't have full access to. And I was extremely successful in my profession. Yeah. However, now that I know that there's an alternative to emotional armoring, mm. which was a protection, it felt like the right decision based on what I knew at the time, what I know now that we're talking about that I'm so excited to be a part of that conversation is swap out emotional armoring for emotional intelligence.
0: Okay, so let's talk about that. The business world has shifted. Yes. Now, has it shifted enough? If we have a thousand people, we might get a thousand different answers. However, things have changed since the time you're talking about. How would you tell a woman today in a corporate world how to use that and develop that emotional intelligence to be in that, in that world that you're describing?
1: I love this question because this is the work I'm doing now. Mm. I just find it so remarkable that, you know, as we grow and evolve, the world really does too. So the good news is we're in a space where in more companies than ever, there's a conversation okay. about emotional intelligence. There's data. It's just an exciting time to be a part of the conversation of how we can both men and women be in a workspace, be in our professions and be in our lives in a way where emotional armoring isn't the only option. Yes. So emotional intelligence, for instance, when we just look at you know what's understandable in, in the context of a career because that's really what we're talking about. Yes so,
0: And can you define emotional intelligence for yeah, us as you do? Absolutely so, as you as you see it.
1: Yeah as, as I see it, you know, emotional intelligence is about learning how to lead from the strongest parts of who we are. Wow. Now, the traditional definition of emotional intelligence has five pieces. The first is self-awareness. The second is self-regulation. Then there is motivation, which is kind of defined as you know a passion for work that goes beyond money and status. Love that. There's empathy for others. And there are social skills would be the last category. So proficiency (laughs) in managing relationships Mm -hmm. and in building networks. Right. So the work that I do a lot of now, while it touches on all five of those categories, the biggest piece, I believe, is self-awareness. Okay. And that's what I feel like is really happening. There's more awareness around even just the term mindfulness in the workplace. Yes. So that is it starts to open a conversation that has never been available before Mm. emotional armory is all that was available that's right and for men and women i really want to emphasize Mm -hmm. that yes i was the only woman around the board table but in so many ways every single human being in that room was armored up to the nines emotionally. Because it just, there hasn't been space. It's, there's, there's this misunderstanding that emotion is weakness. Yes. And when I armored up that way, I not only bought into that misunderstanding, but I propagated it as a woman. So more men and women today are seeing that that path of emotional armoring just doesn't serve anybody. Right.
0: So to be aware of our emotions and to be able to make use of them in a lot of different ways is strength. It's one of the things I've talked about on the show is that to, to what we call vulnerability, but I just consider it, I think it's very much what you're talking about now, this emotional intelligence and the self-awareness of what's happening inside of us. We can use that and it does become a strength. So if you had one thing to tell, and I'm going to limit you to one this Heather Evans goes back in time and has one sentence to say to that Heather Evans. What would you say to her?
1: I would say you've almost got it right. You're so close.
0: And if she says, so what do I need to do?
1: I would say the mind is nothing without the heart.
0: So you would tell her instead of walling off her emotions to use them in healthy ways to fuel her. And in that way, she could be much more the authentic driven businesswoman that was on the inside the whole time. Yes. I
1: think a big part of what happened for me, and I think it happens for a lot of people in the workplace, is that when you armor up, it lends itself to some very unproductive patterns that actually end up limiting you personally, your own growth, as well as your career over time. Because even though as successful as I was, I burned out because you're spending so much energy keeping that armor on.
0: How does somebody take the armor off?
1: I think the work of Brene Brown is bringing that to the forefront. Her her book, Dare to Lead, is so powerful. She's done a lot of research on vulnerability and the power of that. But Mm. I think her synthesis of her last maybe 10 years worth of work and research is so beautifully integrated in Dare to Lead. And what I like about the core takeaway from it is that Of course, there's oversharing. There's vulnerability that's not appropriate in the workplace. I
0: hear that, sure.
1: At the same time, being authentic and really allowing yourself to access the fullness of your gifts, which include the courage and connection that it takes to communicate authentically. Uh, when we don't, we start to tell ourselves a story. I have to do everything myself. Yes, we become dysfunctionally independent. Wow, teams start to break down. So when we stop telling ourselves that kind of story, which is a part of the armor that we put on, yeah, we open up to higher levels of genius, of creativity, of inspiration. We start leading from the strongest part of who we are. Mm. I was leading as a young professional Mm. very well, but it was from the weakest part of myself. It was from the armored, dysfunctionally independent, driven, but to a place that there's a harshness to it. Mm -hmm. When you shift that from emotional armoring into emotional intelligence, what comes forward now is a deeper level of your ability to see the gifts of everybody in the room, Mm -hmm. your ability to create space for yourself and others to be fully expressed and share their ideas in a safe space. And what happens is you you start creating genius and you start doing it from a place of real power, which means you're not so exhausted. Mm. So many of us in the workplace are exhausted. We're overworked, we're overwhelmed, we're burned out. And why is that happening? Because there's so much attention being put on Am I doing this the way they want me to do it? Am I showing up in this workplace, in this meeting, in this interaction in a way that reflects well on me? And so it's just people, it's very outwardly focused. It's very much from that weakest place, which is self-doubt. It is from the inner critic and fear Mm. running the show of your decisions and how you show up in all your interactions. Mm So it shifts the whole thing when you start to say, you know what, I'm not going to play that game anymore.
0: Well, that's a great transition to talk about. I have two questions. As you go in and you work, companies hire you to come in and and work with the executives and executive teams. Is that right?
1: Yes, and workforces. So my perspective is everyone is a leader. Okay. We're all, in fact, when we're all at our best, leading from our strongest place, everybody wins.
0: How do you work with a company in order to bring out what you were just talking about, that everybody is a leader?
1: So one of the first places that I often will begin is some sort of workshop that presents some key concepts around emotional intelligence because it begins with, let's agree on a common language okay. about what we're talking about here. Let's start to bring in the conversation of we're all leaders. So I begin with let's look at how we can all be with each other in a place of conscious leadership that begins with emotional intelligence and self-awareness. Wow.
0: Well, that and that is a big fucking shift from the way that businesses have operated throughout the years.
1: Absolutely. One of the first most important things that I always will cover in some way in that first workshop is the concept of personal responsibility. Wow. When we shift out of victim thinking, which is blaming, judging, pointing the finger at everybody else into, wait a minute, I'm an owner here of Mm. my response, my way of being in this situation here in the office and in my life. The whole dynamic changes. So team individuals change, which changes the whole team.
0: Mm -hmm. And you bring that out in companies when you work with them. Yes. Do you see these days gender playing a role in companies like you remember it?
1: I think it's shifting.
0: Okay. Is that good news?
1: I think it's very good news. Okay.
0: I guess what I'm really asking is, do you see it shifting for the better?
1: I do see it shifting for the better. I think there are, there's still work to do here. We're in a real shift, in a, in a real openness and willingness to start having conversations around workplace vulnerability mm. and authenticity and higher degrees of leading from strength rather than fear.
0: Yes, <laughs>
1: Right. And, Beautiful. and that right there is a game changer. And that's happening. That's happening more often than it ever has before. Is there still work to do? Absolutely. But I love being a part of that.
0: Good. I love that you're a part of that. And if there was one thing you could tell men about what it's like to be a woman in a male-dominated corporate world, what would that be?
1: What I'd really like to do is change the entire conversation so gender is not a part of it.
0: Wow. Can you say more?
1: From my experience, when I forgot I'm a woman in this room, it changed for me. Okay. I was able to focus on what really brought me joy about what I was doing in that room, what I wanted to do, the vision that we were creating together, the project we were working on. I like the idea of men and women being less concerned about the gender awareness and more focused on just the person awareness yeah I would say just really looking at each person for the gifts that they bring rather than whether or not there's a weakness associated or a strength associated with either particular gender
0: that's really beautiful so from your experience what can men do right now to begin moving toward that which you're describing
1: I think men taking the lead on opening up a conversation through a workshop, through a meeting with their team, through you know specific kinds of training in emotional intelligence so that it, it just becomes a part of a corporate culture. It's mm. a part of a way of being. And when men take the lead in that, I think specifically because of the history of the genders, um, and this idea, this misunderstanding that the feminine energy is weaker. Right. I think if and when, and this is happening more, mm-hmm. men take the lead in the conversation around emotional intelligence. Wow. Bringing that level of intelligence, just like we do mental intelligence or physical intelligence yeah. into the conversation that it will really change things.
0: Wow. I love that answer. So... The last question is what can women do right now that can begin moving them toward this this beautiful union that you're describing where there are where there's a team of people and not men and women, not strengths and weaknesses that we see in either gender and assigning, pre-assigning what we think people are gonna bring or not bring because of their gender. What do you believe right now women can do to begin moving toward that?
1: I think self-awareness is the key to making a giant shift huge strides in our levels of happiness of health and of success in the workplace and in our lives
0: okay self-awareness
1: self-awareness so beginning with the kinds of questions like am i armoring up here in this meeting where am i armoring up where am i tempted to become way more self uh, way more referenced outside of myself as in I'm in a meeting, and what am I thinking about? Am I thinking about what I want to say, all the ways I want to say it, how what I want to say is being, will be received, or am I just speaking my truth around whatever the conversation is? So those kinds of questions can lead to just a deeper awareness of oh, where how am I limiting myself? Yeah. So in that respect, self-awareness for women and for men is the key to really making big shifts in the workplace.
0: I love what you're saying and I think that what you're recommending is extremely courageous and extremely necessary and my hope is that when people do move in the direction of what you're describing that the benefits are inherent in what they're doing so Heather if people would like to get a hold of you and know more about your services whether it's personal coaching or whether it's professional development in their business how do they find out more about you and how do they get a hold of you
1: Well, they can check my website. My company is Pivot. So it's pivotincorporated.com. But my favorite social media is Instagram. Okay. So following me at coaching.evolved is the best way to reach out to me. There's information there in my bio on an upcoming workshop, actually, on emotional intelligence. Oh, beautiful. Uh, It will be in Los Angeles on May 10th. Okay and um, there's links to my newsletter. I put out a lot of free information around what is emotional intelligence to help educate. I write a lot of articles on this that can be shared in the office. So those are probably the best ways. And what I have coming up I'm so excited about is becoming more aware of where you're losing your power Mm. so that you can lead from the strongest part of who you are with more self-awareness so i'll be launching on my website in the next 30 days a self-assessment where you can actually go on take a 50 question quiz and come away with some information about what are some of the patterns you may be running and what are some resources that can help you shift out of those. Okay.
0: I can go on and take it too? You can. All right. You'll tell me how I do? (laughs) I will. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you so much for taking the time. This has been really lovely.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Okay. So what now? I want to recommend starting with a self-assessment. Ask yourself, when I am in corporate situations, am I armoring up, as Heather said it, am I shutting myself off to my emotions in order to succeed, which is also shutting myself off to my other gifts that I can bring to this job? Or am I using emotional intelligence, which means that I'm leading from the strongest parts of who I am, including my heart? Have some self-awareness and mindfulness about how you're showing up at your job. When I asked Heather what men can do right now to continue shifting things in the direction she describes, Heather recommends that men who are in leadership positions take the lead and have workshops and meetings on emotional intelligence. This takes all of what you do as a company and allows people to lead whether or not they are in a specific leadership position, but to bring all of their gifts forward so that the team can function better as a whole. I think this is so important to make this a group effort where everybody feels safe bringing more authentically who they are to the job. And in that way, I think every company functions better. And when I asked her what women can do in the business world right now, Heather asks women to have the self-awareness to ask themselves, am I armoring up or am I speaking my truth? Yet again, is it safe to bring all of my gifts to the job? Because armoring up can work. It's just not sustainable. It affects you in your work life and it'll affect you in your personal life. And more than anything, can I have empathy and understanding for everyone else in the room, whether they're like me or not like me? Can I take in their perspective and reach out and bring them into the fold if I feel that they are being excluded? Now, that's true socially, and it's sure as hell true in business as well. If you're looking for a book to read on appropriate vulnerability, because nobody wants to go to work and overshare, I don't think any one of us should be in a board meeting sharing about our families of origin or the problems in our relationship. It's just not the right place for it. But appropriate vulnerability where we can use our feelings and our heart to make us better at our jobs. She says to get the book Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. And if you want to take Heather's self-assessment, go to pivotincorporated.com, take her assessment, subscribe to her newsletters, read her articles, and ask yourself if you are bringing all of you to your job. It can feel like a scary concept, but a very exciting and empowering one as well, and I think we all would benefit from it. Take care. Thanks for listening to A Brave New Man Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to A Brave New Man on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And come follow us on Instagram at A Brave New Man Pod. That's A Brave New Man, P O D, for updates on the show and our daily words of wisdom. See you next time.